Hello and welcome to another episode of Creating Powerful Impact. I'm your host, Shay Wheat, founder of Grace and Ease Productions. And today we have somebody that um, I'm excited to bring on because she comes from my world. And so we're going to get to geek out on things about events. I'm super excited. So I have the amazing Jenny Wright with me, who is a list build and lead generation specialist. Please welcome her to the stage. What's up, girl? <laughs> hey, how you doing? I am so glad to be here. We are going to geek. It's going to be so much fun. I'm excited. I've been looking forward to this all day. I'm super excited because normally, you know, in my interviews, I'm getting to talk to people and find out about what it is they're doing and how they're scaling in their business. But I've never really had a chance to like geek out in our industry. There's so many things we can do and talk about in terms yep. of how do you grow and how do you build and how do you use events as a marketing strategy? So we can go anywhere and everywhere with this. That's why I'm stoked about it. But, we can really pull the curtain back. Right? Can, let's do that. <laughs> so um, I know your specialty tends to be around the list building type of events. Mm-hmm. So in the event space, for those of you that aren't familiar, you've got your list builds, which tends to be um, your summits, your masterclasses, podcasts, like smaller type of events that bring in your audience to, you know, add them to your email list and start to nurture them. And then you've got events like your sales and enrollment events, your one day, two day, three day events, where you're utilizing those to sell into your programs and your packages. And so your specialty really is the list build pieces of those events. So share with us kind of your take on the power of list building events and why people should be utilizing them. I'm I'm fascinated by this. I've been I've been doing this for over 10 years and I'm still super fascinated. I still feel like I don't know everything, even though I've done like over 375 of these things. I still feel like I don't know enough. But what I will say is that the power in these events is not only with the list building, but it is with the connection and the community building. Anybody can do a list build. Mm-hmm. Anybody could throw a PDF up and grow a list. It's not that hard. What's hard and what is harder, and it continues to get harder, is creating that connection. People will sign up to your lead magnet in droves if you do the right things, but will they actually connect with you, look at it, you know, take that next step? It's iffy. When you do a list build event, like a connection building event, like a, you know, a really cool masterclass or a workshop, a three-day or a five-day challenge or an online summit, you can build in really high touch connection opportunities within those events. So it's not just, you know, put your name and email here and I'll send you a bunch of emails with access to a bunch of stuff that you may or may not be interested in. We really have to you really have to know your niche and dive in and get really like finger deep into that sort of stuff so that you can find the things that are going to actually attract people to actually want to participate because let's face it, we're inundated. And I mean, it's so nuts. I opened my email in the morning and there's like 80 emails and they're all trying to get me to do something. How are you going to stand up? Yep. Yeah. So let's look at somebody who is doing a list build or wanting mm-hmm. to do a list build. And they're like, okay, well, I just thought it was going to be like me and inviting somebody. And then they say yes. And then they show up and then, you know, that's how it works. Um, could you share with us what's really happening and how many steps it actually takes to go from 
one, them registering and saying yes to them actually showing up to the event or the summit or the list build or the challenge. And then we can take it a step further of what it needs to then look like during the event. But let's start with that first piece. So the first piece, if I if I go back and remember what you said, you're asking um, from the host side, what does it take, right? Yes, correct. Okay. So from the host side and from what it takes, it is as it can be as simple as finding good experts and inviting them to be on your event, but it goes so much deeper because we have to connect with those people. You can invite anybody you want to be on your summit or your whatever event. However, if they have no skin in the game, if they have no investment in the relationship between the two of you, chances are they have no problem not promoting your event. Like it is, it's easy for them to go eh and not do it. However, if you spend the time, effort, and the you know, the inclination to get to know your potential speakers, to follow them, to do some research on them, to connect with them, to do a 20-minute coffee chat, get to know them, to have the authentic conversations with them, you'll find that you'll easily start to see who are the right people because you vibe, right? Like you and I had that 15-minute call. We were like, ooh, okay, this is cool. We like each other. Let's see like what else we can do, right? And so that that led, it was like a springboard. And having an online summit or hosting any type of online event can be that springboard to other things. So never look at your summit or talking to speakers or finding speakers for your podcast or any of that kind of stuff as a one stop, like a one transactional thing. It should never be transactional at all. It should be like a lot more with that connection, but it can lead to so many things, right? You could do a joint venture podcast. You could do webinars. You could do this, that, and the other. So that's the first thing always spend the time to research and find really great experts. The other thing is how do you get people to show up? Yeah. You have to build in, um, summits are a dime a dozen. Okay. I've done hundreds of them. They are a dime a dozen. They're everywhere. And everybody sends me, like, I have like a slew of people who send me pages going, did you see this one? Did you see this one? Did you see this one? And I look at them and I'm like, Ooh, that one's really cool. Or I'm like, Ooh, that one's not going to do so hot. How do we get, like, how do we make the difference? First of all, it's on the landing page. Mm. The landing page matters, okay? And this is where you want to spend an enormous amount of time and effort to have good copy, to spend the time making it look good and professional. Um, there's a lot of Summit softwares out there. And I will tell you, I am, I'm not a believer in all-in-one solutions to do Summits. Like, there's a bunch of softwares. I won't name them. Their landing pages trust me, they don't convert. Um, they might be simple to build with, but the outcome is you're losing a lot of functionality. So landing page has to be gorgeous. Um, gorgeous doesn't mean hard. Gorgeous just means planning. Yeah. And it has to um, wow and dazzle in about three seconds. And then it has to have enough content on there to uh, have people who are longer readers want to go for that People information. To digest and exactly. get into it and really understand what's happening. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So it's, and it's playing into those personality types, right? You have the ones that are like the bullet points and just, this is what I'm going to get out of it. I just want the event promise. This is what I'm walking away with. Mm -hmm. And then you have the ones that are wanting that long form copy of like, oh, well, tell me more about this bullet point. And really, what is this person going to be talking about and diving yep. deeper? Okay. Great. Absolutely. And don't forget the people who like video. 
right? So having a video on your opt-in page is crucial. And also not having all of the annoying things that drive people crazy, you know, making sure it's mobile uh, ready Mm -hmm. and things like like mobile friendly and so on. You know how many people don't do that? It blows my mind. It's shocking to me. I know. I know. And you, you have to test these things on your phone. Um, And so that is going to be a big deal, right? So making sure that landing page looks really, really good. Again, you don't have to break the bank on doing this kind of stuff. It can be done very simply with very affordable software. It can be done really, really easily. You just have to have that kind of figured out. The other thing that's going to be incredibly important is making sure that you have solidified who this is going to help. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh, I got snaps. I got snaps. Um, Knowing who this is going to help trying to engage all people and attract all people for your summit is the, one of the biggest mistakes. So niching down. Before you dive into that, you know what that reminds me of? It's like the back in the day when you're doing the like in-person networking and you've got somebody from Mary Kay and they're like, I help people with skin. Yes. My yes. audience is anybody with skin. And you're like, that helps me not at all. <laughs> yeah. And and it, it's not going to be my skin. I'll tell you that. Right. Much. I'm like, I'm not excited about that. No, at all. I'm not excited yeah. about that at all. <laughs> the niching in is like so incredibly important. I actually was teaching. I had a course at one point that taught people how to do summits and I was running it live. And um, I actually brought in a niche expert to slow the process down and have everybody think about their niche because they were coming in like guns a blazing. They thought they knew exactly what they wanted to do and, you know, what the summit was going to be about and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, slow down. Let's talk about niche. And I, I swear about three quarters of them were completely screwed up in the head afterwards. They were like, oh my God, I can't even understand my own niche. And they were freaking out and they had to do a ton of niche work before him. And then you have a third piece to that question. And I'm trying to remember what it is. Well, I mean, even still, so it's like, okay, we've got an amazing landing page now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and you've asked your, your, you know, summit guests, speakers to promote for you. Um, but also as an event host, you're having to like provide them copy and provide them graphics and provide the tools that are going to support them in doing it easy right? Like the yeah. easy button. Talk talk to me about the easy button in order to make it so you are successful in having partnership with your guest speakers. A little while ago in our conversation, I talked about your experts having skin in the game and that there has to be a relationship. So that is, that is paramount to this easy button solution. Um, part of that easy button solution that you're talking about is having all of the graphics, all of the copy, um, all of like the affiliate links, everything in good places, really easy to find, not making people go off the platforms they're currently using to get it. So, you know, 90% of us are using Google Drive, if not more than 90%. We're all using it. We're all using Facebook or we have in the past, we have access to it, right? Having your uh, having a dedicated group for your speakers in like circle is not the way to go because not everybody uses circle. Now they have to learn a new platform. They have to find everything. It's a pain in the butt and not everybody's going to do it. So you'll get the most amount of buy-in by using the platforms everybody's already using. So that's one of, that's like the first step of the easy button, having all those graphics, having copy, really good copy. 
and lots of it. I love having diversity of long form, short form, you know, emails, long form, short form, social, giving them hashtags, um, giving them suggested dates to send stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. So I create, I create a whole promo schedule and I'd be like, on this day, you can send this. And it's like, you click it and it takes you right to the copy mm-hmm. and click it. And it takes you right to the graphic, like make it, make it simple. Right. Uh, and then in addition, one of my, like, I'm going to give you guys like my best secret for getting your experts to actually promote your event. And this is part of that easy button is creating um, networking for your speakers. So giving them something that will make them want to be part of your summit. Mm -hmm. So all of my, all of my experts are invited to what we call a speaker kickoff call and networking and everybody's invited. They all show up. I mean, usually I get over 75% of all the speakers show up and I lay out everything for them. I show them the graphics and the copy and where everything is and all that kind of stuff. I hype them up. Um, I talk about the affiliate opportunity and all this kind of stuff. And I show them all that stuff. And then I say, okay, now we're going to network. And I go through a whole networking piece with them. Everybody starts to connect. Everybody walks away knowing somebody else. They followed each other on social media. And there's this, now there's this buy-in, right? Mm-hmm. Now there's this a little bit of a skin in the game in terms of social contract. Mm-hmm. I've gotten to know the host. I've gotten to know the speakers. I'm going to be a real a, you know what, or a real jerk if I don't promote, if I don't participate, right? And and they also see the opportunities because as a, as, as a summit is done really, really well or planned really well, they're going to see that there's other opportunities that are, it's worth their time and effort to participate, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And that's part so of it. I, I have a question for you. Um, so there are some summits out there that require the guest speakers to hit a certain amount of opt-ins. Um, and then there's summits that don't. There's summits that request the the guest speaker to have a certain list size or they have to pay in order to be a speaker. Um, tell me your thoughts on, on all of those kinds of possible barriers of entry. You know what? More power to them if they want to do it. I think it's the wrong move. I actually am not for it. I've been doing summits for over 10 years. I have been on my little soapbox saying for the whole 10 years that the size of your list doesn't matter. Yes. Doesn't well, matter why? at all. Why do you feel it is? Why? Amazing. Like this is a great conversation to have. Why? Because you could have a list of 356 people who are all incredibly invested in what you're doing and will open your emails like crazy. You'll have like a 60% open rate and they will click on things like they're nuts for it. You can have somebody with a list of 15,000 or 20,000, or, you know, one of my clients had a 50,000 person list, but it is so fragmented and it is full of people who are no longer paying attention, who signed up for something five years ago. And that's not what that person is doing anymore. And so on and so forth that that list isn't relevant. And if you looked at the, if you looked at their open rate, their click-through rate, the active users and all that kind of stuff, you would see it is a fraction of that original number. And so the power of the list is in the, the active people. And you should always be tagging and using segmentation in your list to find out who is active and try and reactivate the people who aren't, Mm -hmm. but also giving the people who aren't a way out. Yeah you know, and so on and so forth. And that's a completely different conversation, but I do not believe in list minimums. I mean, I have people on, I have a summit that I'm, you know, it's in promo or whatever. And there's people on that summit, Shay, that have a list of 250 people, but they're mighty. They're great on social. They're amazing on interviews and they're hungry. So they're going to promote the crap out of the summit. And they are, 
and they're getting me more leads than other people out there. Yep. And I love that. Yep. In terms of charging speakers, no, I don't do that. And in terms of having minimums on the amount of leads that you bring in, I absolutely hate that. Uh, it is nerve wracking and anxiety building to the speaker. It doesn't build trust. Okay. And it doesn't foster a relationship. It is performative and it makes the speaker feel like it only the only thing they are is an asset to the host and not a person. Right. Yeah. It's what, what's in it for the host only and not a win-win situation on both sides. Exactly. Exactly. And you never know what's going to happen. The person that you said, the person that you put a list minimum on that is at 350 or 2,500 or 1,800 people on their list this year yeah. is going to be the person that's at 10K or, you know, whatever the next year with a really robust list. That actually happened to a client of mine in one year when she hired me to do a summit. She had like 650 people. A year later, now she's got over 5,000. She's getting asked to be on everything. Mm -hmm. right? Because it can happen that quickly. It can happen that easily if you're doing the right types of list builds and doing the right types of things. Now her list is, might be 5k, but it is dialed in. She sends an email and people take an action. Oh yeah. People do stuff. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And that's one of the benefits of list building, right? That's what Mm -hmm. we want. That's why we're doing a list build is to find our ideal audience and like have a conversation with them. (laughs) Absolutely. And also expect that the fact that even though you're doing, you know, even if you're doing list building, people are eventually going to leave and that's okay. It happens. So you, it happens and you constantly should be replenishing that list all the time mm-hmm. with either what we call like, you know, a, a list build event, like a summit or something like that. And also the smaller list builds like a lead magnet and so on and so forth. So there should be in your bucket of list building opportunities and lead gen opportunities, several things that are working in tandem to support you to keep that refresh happening. So you get new people. Yep. Yep. Exactly. It's all a part of that profit plan and that customer journey, right? So we're inserting in different types of events at different points in your profit plan. Right. And so then, you know, from there, we can easily move them into a boot camp or, you know, like after a list build, we can move them into a boot camp. We can move them into a two day, three day event, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's so many other opportunities to move into different types of events that then convert into business on the back end. Absolutely. So if, Absolutely. If we go from, okay, we now have our list build where we have all of our speakers, we've done the easy button, we've done the like win win situation. Now they've, they've actually shown up. They've said, yes, we're building rapport and relationship within the summit, Mm -hmm. but now what do they do after the summit? The host, host. what do they do after the summit? Well, this kind of leads a little bit into your world of the, you know, the conversion events and the one day, two day and three day events, but what they're doing after the summit, uh, there's a different, there's a couple different things. So one of them, they're definitely trying to keep up the relationships with the speakers that they felt really connected to. I love waiting about a week and then having some coffee chats, Mm -hmm. you know, asking the speakers, by the way, asking them for feedback. Like, what did you think of the event? Was it useful to you? Did you get some leads out of it? Was it something that you enjoyed? Is there something that you would want to see differently the next time and so on and so forth? And how can I support you? Right. So I have those conversations all the time. And, uh, because the worst thing you can do is kind of love them and leave them. Right. And yeah, Everybody does that, by the way. Everybody does the love them and leave them thing. So it's it's actually a standout thing when you actually get like a thank you card um, or a water bottle or something, if you can do that, which is great. With On top of that, to, to get your ROI out of it, 
you should have been promoting a VIP all access pass during the summit, which will get you some people to, you know, to, to make some purchases with you post summit, you have your offer, right? So whatever that offer is, um, you know, depending on what your sales cycle is or how you like to launch, it could be a live launch or evergreen. There's so many different ways, but you should have something and the summit should have been built around it. So the summit I always play exactly like I always plan my summits from what we want to what we want to sell on the back end and we work our way backwards because the worst thing you can do is actually run a summit that isn't in conjunction or it doesn't feel smooth transition to the offer because mm-hmm. if it's not people are going to have whiplash and they're going to be like what the crap did I just like what just happened yeah. and they're not going to buy right so we don't want to have any confusion that that's why we go so well together right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, we're reverse engineering. We always start with the end in mind, regardless of the type of event that you're doing, you start with the end in the mind and then you reverse engineer it. And then Absolutely. how does it fit into the overall game plan, the profit mm-hmm. plan for your business? So like you were saying, okay, what is, what is the end goal, the end result? What is that? And then reverse engineer it so that the promise of the event, the promise of the summit, the whole reason we're doing it in the first place all lines up and it makes sense. So it is a, an easy client customer journey to come through. Now, I love what you're saying about optimizing and um, making a, a profit out of it, right? Because sure. we want to, we want to make events profit centers versus cost centers, right? That's something I'm really passionate about is like, how do we make it a profit center? Yes. And so would you talk a little bit more about like, what are some of the fun things that you've seen people utilize their VIP upgrade option? What have they done? How have they enticed people to, you know, take that VIP option? Well, I like to bring in Goldilocks into this part of the conversation, right? So we all know Goldilocks, you know, there's cold porridge and warm porridge and too hot porridge. Some people really like cold porridge, right? And some people like really hot porridge. So if you offer just warm porridge, you're going to exclude those other two groups, which is why I actually like to offer several tiers of VIP all access passes. So there's usually, (laughs) so there's usually two and there's usually what we call a bump offer or a one-time offer. Okay. So we're covering all of our bases, right? So I'm one of these people that looks for opportunities, cracks in the, you know, cracks in things. Where can we slip something in? That's going to be really good. I always say this to my clients. I'm like, if we don't get them on the front end, we're going to get them on the back end, right? So how are we going to get them? And with two tier VIP, we are serving those different audiences. So we have a low tier VIP, which I call the stupid, simple price, right? Whatever that price is for that client, it could be $27 or $97, or even $100. Um, but it's like a stupid, simple price and it has the basics, right? It is the no frills option. And then we have the, you know, a little bit more of the uh, upgraded spa package version of the VIP, right? It's got extra little goodies and wonderful little things. And the price reflects that Mm -hmm. so that it is more enticing. We create bundles, Mm -hmm. right? So if you think that just putting the recordings of a summit and maybe the transcripts is enough, it's not, that really doesn't have that much intrinsic value. But if you add in, like if you, if your whole goal is to convert people into your one-on-one coaching package, and again, working our way backwards from the end, then throwing a one-on-one 30-minute call with you into one of these VIP packages can be the thing that gets you the sales calls that you need to fill your program, mm-hmm. right? So yes. we're adding that. If you have a membership and you're trying to get more people in your membership, give them 30 days for, you know, 30 days as part of the VIP package 
And then you have to have an enroll, you know, you have to speak to them about enrollment afterwards, but at least give them 30 days to taste it. Um, you can do all sorts of little things. If you have a high level membership, one of my clients has a $25,000 per year, um, mastermind, I should say, and they give people access to two mastermind calls with their current group right when they're doing the profit planning piece. Of course. So wicked smart. (laughs) Right. Right. And they even get a profit planning template. And honestly, the enrollment from that is like crazy. It's crazy because they invite them to a call after, what do you think, et cetera. So the world, like the, the, the sky's the limit on what you can do and how you can customize them to make them completely appropriate for your business and what you can put into them to add, you know, intrinsic value. And then the bump offer is usually something super small and cute. I like offering uh, like a workbook with my own thoughts in it, you know, like action steps and things like that. And I sell that for, again, for a really crazy, stupid price. And people take that 50% of the time. 50% of the time you're you're just missing out on on that potential right now absolutely you can yeah yeah you can up that average basket like our average you know average sale 50% you can increase it by 50% by just having you know by having somebody put a bump offer and that bump offer can be little can be big you could even put like I've seen one of my clients put um their mid-tier course Mm. for $395 as their bump offer People took it, right? So it depends on what you do in your business. And and those bump offers can be the thing that actually brings in a ton of money. And then my last piece about uh, ROI has nothing to do with VIPs and everything to do with sponsorships. You can leverage your online summit with sponsorships and make oodles of money off of that by leveraging things like if you have a podcast, if you have a good sized email list, if you have a good size social, um, if you have great connections, if you run a Facebook ads agency, you could offer to run Facebook ads for them in return for sponsorships. One of my clients just finished a summit a couple of months ago. We had $50,000 in sponsorship dollars closed and in the bank before the summit started. Nice. Right. So that paid for everybody that paid for the ads that paid for me that paid for the other rest of the team. And then we did a nice, you know, we did a nice high five figure in VIP sales. And then he sold multi six after the summit with an enrollment event. Yep. I love it. I love it. Oh my God. So many good things. Um, (laughs) just continue to geek out on, but I, I want to um, offer everybody an opportunity to stay connected with you. And I believe you have a free gift. I do. I do. It is how to, like, it's my free guide to selling from your list build. It's a little masterclass that I did. And it's how you can sell from the list build, just basically stuff we just talked about now, but in more depth and all the different options and different ways that you can do it uh, so that you can take a look at what you want to do with your, you know, your list building and it can get you excited about actually doing it. So that's, um, that's the exact process that I use with my clients and myself to make sure that every event that I run is a profitable event. Love it. That is our wheelhouse. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Beautiful. Okay. So before I really let you go, um, what would be your takeaway or memorable note that you want to leave our audience with today? Mm, Good question. And I'm going to say that it is List building is within your reach at any level you want to achieve. It really does pay back in dividends, whatever you put into it. So I'd highly recommend that, you know, if you don't already have a list building plan or lead gen plan, um, time to put that into place and, you know, 
really think about what you're going to do, try and plan it effectively. And if there's, you know, if there's anything I can do to help, just, just let me know. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much thank for you. being with us today. And I just want to thank our audience for joining us on another episode of Creating Powerful Impact. I'm super excited for you to like take all these lessons and all the resources that you've learned here today, start implementing them in order for you to create even more impact in your world. So until next time, have an outstanding rest of your day. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to the Creating Powerful Impact podcast. If you are a successful coach, speaker, author, or thought leader who would like to be on this program, simply visit creatingpowerfulimpact.com forward slash guest. If you are someone who got something out of this interview, would you please do me a favor and share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your socials. Also, if you know somebody that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag creating powerful impact. I love seeing all of your posts and great guest selections. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any episodes. Go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show. And they really mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more about us? Head on over to our website, graceandeaseproductions.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Just look for Grace and Ease Productions on your favorite platform. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.